Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Lompier. All right. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Getting increasingly bored of being inside. Uh sort of like climbing the walls. That's uh can't go can't go regular climbing, so I'm climbing my own walls in my mind. Uh yeah, so this is the NXT edition of the podcast. We're going to be discussing uh the big finale of the show in which Scarlet suggests that Karrion Cross is after Adam Cole. We'll be discussing does this mean that time is up for Adam Cole, not just as NXT champion, but in NXT in general. Here's the show. Probably the biggest news coming out of this is that it seems like the next challenger has been lined up for Adam Cole following on from the Velveteen Dream. Uh, so this episode sort of started with Adam Cole coming out with uh, a dehydrated Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish <laughs> at his side to discuss uh, facing uh, the Dream at NXT TakeOver in your house in the backyard, back lot brawl, sorry, which uh, we haven't had a chance to discuss this. Was I wasn't into it. <laughs> I wasn't massively no, into it. The backlot, the backlot being that weird French street that they have in full sale as well. Uh, they mic'd up everyone in the car so you could hear them really distinctly and clearly. I don't know. Like this, it's so shady of William Regal to say, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you a venue that's befitting your talents," and he picked the alley outside. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah oh, wow, not gone very far. Champ and Gargano really at least, Champ and Gargano at least got a building they've never used before. They had to at least go through some sort of like lease, like leasing and licensing to hire a building. Um, so yeah, they came out and they were saying Adam Cole said like, you know not knocking Velveteen Dream. He put up a really good fight, but he's not Adam Cole, baby. There's only one. He actually said, no one's Adam Cole. Uh, it was like, nobody's Adam Cole. No, you're Adam. You're Adam Cole. <laughs> uh, 
And then Roddy and uh, they start talking about the hyping up a match with Dexter Loomis, which was set for later in the show. Spooky Roddy Dexter. starts seeing Spooky Dexter in the crowd, which I loved. I thought this, I thought this was brilliant. Um, wait a minute. Oh, oh my God, there's Dexter Loomis. Where's he gone? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? Oh, wait, wait, no, there, there. oh he's, he's gone. He's gone. Also, I don't understand. Like, so, like, it, it's fine. It's camp nonsense. But I don't understand why the rest of Undisputed Era were like, Roddy, you've, you've lost the plot, mate. What are you talking <laughs> about? It's like, literally, you guys were both kidnapped by Dexter Loomis two days ago. Like, he's got previous for this. Uh, whereas Bobby Fish is just like, I'm not worried about Dexter Loomis. I've never even seen Dexter Loomis before. Dexter Loomis probably isn't real. No, wait, there he is. It, it was weird, like <laughs> Roddy was the only person who seemed to care. <laughs> about but, being kidnapped for quite a while. He's yeah. got a wife and kids that uh, you know have appeared on TV. So I guess that that's that's why he's got he's got stakes, man. Um I, I still really liked Dexter. I I like some of these things that they're throwing in there that you know you couldn't do that with a real crowd. You couldn't do that with uh regular members of the public. So I, I I like these little moments. So they they have this whole uh, bit. They 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 head off backstage, ready for a match later in the night. The match later in the night, Dexter Loomis versus Adam Cole is a lot of fun. I yeah. really really enjoyed this match. Um, it had uh, Loomis sliding out of the ring, getting sort of getting knocked off the apron, and then and then Adam Cole doing a big distraction spot and trying to send. Bobby and Roddy after him, and then they go around, and he, oh, he's disappeared, and obviously he's just done his weird, like, I'm a snake, I've gone under the ring. He comes up the other side and attacks Cole from behind, almost steals the pin. Um, I still don't necessarily get what the point of Dexter Loomis's involvement with the Undisputed Era is. It feels like this is going to splinter off really into a, it's about Loomis and Roddy, um, mm. and they're going to have a thing, and I think like dream and fish might have like a sort of splinter type feud. maybe i think we might be looking at uh the official teaming up after this like because um the match ended um just just to quickly say one of my favorite things about the undisputed era is their trash talking because mm -hmm. um, they're such like they're such wonderful camp pg heels like they kept calling Dexter Loomis you're a weirdo and then Roddy Strong was outside saying yeah you knucklehead and like Bobby <laughs> Fish is like he's a chump it's like wow you savage guys I think it's really really endearing um but anyway yeah Cole almost was caught in the Kota Katami um Strong interfered last shot blah 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 uh but yeah Dream came out to sort of even the odds and chase off the Undisputed Era so maybe uh we're gonna put Dream and Loomis together and sort of mm. Dream can talk then sort of Loomis can be there, but we could sort of use Loomis Dream. Can lurk. Oh, yeah, he, he could just. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, we're gonna get. We're gonna get that scene from the Titanic where basically Dream is just lying on the sofa and <laughs> Dexter oh, Loomis is just sketching no. him. Draw me like one of your French dreams. Oh. Um, so I think we're gonna get that. I think we're gonna find out more about Loomis via Dream because I, yeah. I I think that's that's quite a that's quite a winsome pairing. Um, but then violent, dream. violent dreams, my god, yeah. So, the, nice. so Adam Cole sort of left standing in the ring as, as Loomis and Dream cart off Fish and Strong. Cole sort of realizes his luck here again, happy to sacrifice his friends to another perhaps kidnapping. Um, so he can, can retain his belt and be champion. He sort of stands up ready to celebrate. The lights go out, in comes Scarlet, uh, hands behind the back, walks to the ring under sort of mood lighting and a little bit of dry ice and then she places an hourglass in the scent like in this little spotlight in the ring and flips it over so that the sand begins to 
like cascade through, counting down the hours on Cole's title reign. Lovely imagery, great, uh, like a great final shot of the show. I really liked sort of, I like Scarlet as this kind of uh, Herald of the Apocalypse character. I think that's a really good use for her. Um, and yeah, but do, do, like obviously all of the, the sort of uh, symbolism is telling us that time is up for Adam Cole. Do you think time is up for Adam Cole if he has to face Karrion Cross? Because Karrion Cross is getting the push. He's getting the big push. The big but, push. Uh, yeah. So, like, do we think that this is, you know, the countdown to that day where Cole finally loses the NXT Championship and moves on from NXT? Because, I, I, you know, he's done it all in NXT already now. Do they want to keep him around? Like, is he? does he not want to advance into the next, the next stage of his WWE career? Well... Laurie, I think you are bang on the banana. Uh, like it times up for and uh, for Cole's title reign, times up for Adam Cole in NXT. I think the his the next takeover will be his last. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I, I think Karrion Cross. Like I think a lot of people expected Keith Lee uh, to be the next uh, NXT champion. It seems like um, maybe Keith Lee and Karrion Cross um is the is the feud because uh bala seems to have his sights set on uh keith lee's north american championship mm -hmm. um so uh, even though they oh, oh dan they 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 got us at the beginning of the show like keith lee had a little backstage thing with adam cole being just like oh i know what my plans are and we were just like oh yes please and then it's just like oh actually no oh, yeah. it's gonna be carrying cross uh yeah i i think you can't feed champa to carrying cross and then have him lose uh the next match i think um two two matches two takeover matches and he's champion absolutely i mean yeah that is i think that's such a good use of him like there was that bit where where keith lee was like i know what i'm thinking next and i was like oh first ever double champion in nxt mm. like i mean that is a good way to put keith lee over strong but i feel like with finn setting his sights on Keith, I think Keith would drop the belt to Finn and move up into uh, probably have a bit of time out, I think, and then move into a picture with Karrion Cross. Because yeah. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna position Karrion Cross as this monster champion, which you definitely should, I think the match of Adam Cole. I think you can spin out the Dream and Loomis stuff into sort of taking out Roddy and uh, Bobby, just remove them from the equation. So it is Cole literally one-on-one -on -one with a beast and Cross can just destroy him. I, I, don't, I think it should be very similar to the sort of pitching and pacing of the Champa match where it, it was pretty one-sided and yeah. it was quite a rout. Um, and yeah, I think that I think that will position Karen Cross really strong. I think you then feed a few more people to him as the first few feuds and then you bring back Keith Lee to be the one to dethrone Karrion Cross, And now you have these two behemoths at the top of your card who are just, I think, probably the future of your company because I, they just both have immaculate presentation. Um, and they, you know, they've both just been so well done in NXT in the last, obviously Karrion Cross had a much shorter run, but Keith Lee in the last year in NXT has just been perfection. Um, mm -hmm. And I just think, yeah, you could, you could build the future of WWE around those two guys very easily. Mom? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about Finn Balor because uh, Finn Balor was set to have a match with Cameron Grimes, which is a bit of payback for the um, the match in which Damien Priest interfered that gave Cameron Grimes a win over Finn Balor. Uh, Grimes gets slapped backstage by Priest after having, after running his mouth uh, in a backstage interview saying that, you know, he has a win over Finn Balor. He doesn't really see the point in having another match with Finn Balor because he can just go 2-0, whatever. Uh, he's not scared of the Prince when he's clearly quite scared, he he sort of tries to congrat like semi backhandedly compliment Priest on a good showing uh, takeover in your house. Gets a slap for his troubles. Lies to referee uh, Drake, saying that he's got an injured jaw. Gets caught out chirpsing the girls uh, as <laughs> Drake brings uh, William iPad Regal round to see. And then ends up having to have the match with Balor, which again is was another great little match. I think this NXT had really good matches in it. It was like you know, we, I think I've been saying for a few weeks that some of the NXT matches feels like we're just blitzing through matches and throwing people together, and we're getting a lot of repeats as well. But this was really fun. Like this was this felt like it was good positioning for Balor. It puts him in a really strong like coming out of the Priest thing. It gives him some direction. Um, and yeah, I just thought this was like they were trading back and forth. There was some really good sort of um, use of like reverse. Everyone going for a reverse nineteen sixteen, and eventually Bala hits one. Um, Bala hits the big. Uh, he hits the coup de gras, and then the nineteen sixteen and picks up the victory. Um, and then says into the camera, Keith Lee, I've had every title in NXT. I've had every title going, but I haven't had the North American one. So I'm coming for you. I uh, think that's going to be a great match. 
Oh God, yeah. Um, I just want—I just want to say, um, as much as like I think uh, the the kind of backstage comedy with Cameron Grimes didn't necessarily hit, especially when he's just being just like a, I'm lying. I'm <laughs> actually fine. Ha ha. Um, like Cameron Grimes is is not quite there yet but i do absolutely love the idea of like this kind of like mobile regal who's just like on an <laughs> ipad i want i want him to get that ref to just carry him everywhere yeah. and just like hold him here like krang in the teenage yeah. yeah just create some sort of robot kind of like movement unit so basically regal can still be walking around backstage like in like rocky four or something yeah uh I, 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 to be fair, I, I've enjoyed the increased role they've given to Drake as well. Like Drake has always been my favorite referee in WWE mm. because he's the most intense. Um, hard body ref, hard yeah, body ref, hard body ref with his daring leaps into counting the pin. Uh, the man is the man is a force of nature, and I loved I loved his inclusion where he gets to do the sort of like rundown at the beginning of the backlot brawl. That was great, and now this week he's doing comedy bits with Regal. The man is brilliant and needs more <laughs> screen time. So I'm very pleased with this. Um, and I, I agree that, yeah, the Cameron Grimes comedy was a bit... Uh, but a bit of comedy that was very good on NXT this week was the Brizango package, I thought. Yes. This was a lot of, lot of fun. Um, they obviously returned last week, wasn't it, that they returned uh, to win a triple threat tag match to set up a number one, to, to make them the number one contenders for the NXT tag team titles and they've taken on an Imperium. And we sort of got a pseudo-serious beginning to this package saying that, you know, Brizango have returned and they, on SmackDown, sort of lost focus and did a lot of, like, wore a lot of costumes and were very silly and they just wanted to entertain people. But now they need to toughen up and take things seriously and... This winning of the triple threat match was the, the beginning of that. And they obviously have had like lots of success early in their career. And, you know, Fandango debuts in front of, what did they say? It was like 80,000 people. Yeah. Um, Tyler Breeze. Brilliant. But he's like, you know, and Tyler Breeze, this, you, you kid, you've got like, he's like, oh, well, I'm 32. He's like, you're 32. I thought you were 27. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Tyler Breeze is obviously one of the founding members of NXT took on Jushin Thunder Liger. Like he's had a lot of important stuff going for him. They build it, build it, build it, build it, build it up. Like they're going to be taking this deadly seriously now. And they go, yeah. And that's why we're going to be Emporium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's I, his, yeah, yeah. You're thinking of you're thinking of Armani Emporium. You know, we've got <laughs> we've got to beat this guy. What's his um Fabio and uh, Mars Mars Marsupial. <laughs> it was, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Me too. Like I, uh, as speaking as a thirty-two-year-old man, that joke really hit home, mm. like with a bullet. Um, no, because they, they like NXT. Um, they do they do some comedy. Not all of it works, but they are very unlike the main roster where you are sort of serious or funny. Um, and very much when you've proven you're funny, that kind of locks you away in a prison. Uh, Breezango, I I, th I do think this shows like NXT can tip the line of just like yeah we can be funny, but we also uh, respect first of all respect the championships. Always respect the championships first. Mm -hmm. Breezango saying, look, we've got a, we've got a match for these belts. These belts mean a lot to us, so we have to leave the entertainment uh, at the ropes uh, when we enter the ring. And I I love that kind of push and pull because yeah, again, you're just 
even you can you can goof around you can you can keep the characters because we love Breezango uh, or Breezongo as uh, Tyler Breeze referred to them as um, but yeah you always respect the belts and yeah NXT did a really really good job of that um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Imperium eat Breezango alive uh, to set yeah, them it's up a shame for... it's going nowhere yeah mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, like all it takes is a little bit of careful presentation. Suddenly, a match means more. And well, yeah, I think, I think this kind of pays off on Breezango as well. I think you know, I I was disappointed. I was disappointed when Tyler Breeze returned to NXT and retook the sort of Prince Pretty vibe uh, with a slightly heelish edge, and and was cutting all these promos about his time on the main roster and sort of being a forgotten about uh, portion of NXT history. And I get that they sort of the part of the reason they stopped doing that is because that's also the plan they had for Finn Balor when he returns. Uh, mm. Both called Prince something, uh, both talking about being serious in this and wasted on the other thing. So it was kind of a shame when they brought Fandango back because I just thought they're just going to pigeonhole them to being comedy again. But I like the idea that they're aware of that and they're going to hopefully make use of it here and turn it into something worthwhile and, and actually build something with Breezango out of it rather than just being, well, it's fun because they do really goofy entrances um, and they just dress up like stuff. Yeah, it's like you said, it's good to be able to carefully walk that line between comedy and seriousness. And you should take comedy wrestlers as seriously in the ring as anyone else. Look at Orange Cassidy, look at Colt Cabana. Like these guys are masters of making you laugh, but then also turning up and actually putting on a real show when the when the moment's right. And I think Breezango will show that next week when the match is. I think it's, I it's next, next week. week. Yeah, so it's scheduled for next week. Uh, another tag match that happened on this show was Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae facing off against Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Uh, this seems like a feud that won't be ending anytime soon, uh, considering that, you know, this kind of, this spilled out of Johnny challenging uh, for the North American title at TakeOver in your house, losing quite um, convincingly to Keith Lee. And yet we are still sort of keeping all these all these guys in the mix together because Candice also lost to Mia Yim. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, I don't know. I felt like kind of the, the positioning of Johnny and Candice together should have been a way to raise Candice up and not a way to just sort of bring Johnny down to Candice's original level of just being a, <laughs> like, just being a goof um, and just losing to people the whole time. But uh, I, I like the sort of the, the Gargano's first family of NXT thing. And I just want, I kind of want to see it taken seriously. I, I understand that you need to remove Johnny from the top picture of NXT for a little bit because he has kind of had um, the monopoly on being in the main events for takeovers and being the champions and always being talked about as like the guy in NXT. So it is good to sort of drop him down, but this should be a way to raise Candice up to be the woman in NXT and using Johnny's star power in, in that respect to sort of be like, no, 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 this is about Candice now. Um, I don't think this match necessarily did that. I, I think it's, I think there's some interesting bits that you can take out of this because the whole point of this match was, it was it was about the fact that Keith Lee was so strong he could basically take on anyone, uh, and he could take on two whole people. And the, the beginning of the match opens, and and um, Johnny and Keith Lee are getting in each other's faces. Candice and Mia are getting in each other's faces. They switch, 
and Mia's getting in Johnny's face and Candice is jumping to attempt to get into Keith's face. Keith picks her up by the waist and just moves her. You go there now, Candice. <laughs> uh, and that was kind of the, the kind, kind of the story for most of the match. You know, Johnny and Candice were attempting to team up to take down Keith Lee. And he could just essentially shrug them off at any point. There was a couple of really cool spots where uh, Candice went for a sort of a tornado DDT on on Lee, and he sort of caught her. And then Johnny, as she as he pops her back up to put her down, Johnny hits an enziguri, and then she hits the DDT. She pops up and goes, "I did it! I did it! I did it!" <laughs> like that. I I like the Candice character, and I just wish they were using it more. Um, the problem at the end of this match, and I think the story they might spin out of this is friction between the Garganos themselves because uh, Candice gets herself knocked out at some point in this match. Um, Johnny hits the one final beat uh, slingshot DDT on Keith Lee, which crushes him onto Candice. God, so, yeah. uh, and Keith Lee then picks her up as in like, like a sort of, I don't know, it's kind of a Lenny from My Some Men thing of like, I didn't know my own strength and now look at what I've wrought. Um, but for me, it's definitely... Um, like um, Infinite Crisis, um, Superman and Supergirl. <laughs> there it is. Oh. Just, God, good times. It's, it's, it's just that thing. It's, he's too good a man. And so he's holding Candice like unconscious and, you know, mercenary Johnny Gargano rolls into the ring, rolls up Keith Lee, flings his wife out of the <laughs> ring to the floor while she's knocked out, picks up the win, scoops up Candice from the floor and then it's like weekend at Bernie, like weekend at Bernie's <laughs> seeing her to be like, we won, we won. And she's just like, like stoke <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, the match was really good, really well put together. Um, I just, I don't know whether they're going to carry on the Keith Lee. It feels like that would carry on the Keith Lee storyline with Johnny Gargano but and Mia mm. Yim. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? You think? If there's a criticism I have of this episode of NXT, which I thought was good, uh, was it suffers quite a lot of um, what NXT normally suffers from after a takeover. Like sometimes uh, on the main roster, you have a, a pay-per-view, a big pay-per-view, which disappoints, but then the next night on Raw is much better because they get to introduce a whole lot of new elements. Uh, NXT is a bit more subdued than that generally. And mostly after a takeover, it's just a night of people getting their heat back. Uh, and I, I think you see that quite a bit in this episode. Like the Garganos get their heat back with a victory. It's a, it's an imaginative one with the with the crushing of, of yeah. But um, he the does The crushing get... of Candice. Candy Crush. The Candy Crush. The Candy Crush um, of 2020. Um, you get uh, John, Finn Balor getting his heat back, which he didn't need because he already beat Priest. So he gets his heat back on uh, Cameron Grimes. But that's how you get the big push. The big push. The big push. Um, like, And you saw um, Dakota Kai uh, get her heat back after being pinned. Uh, so like, it felt like we haven't quite taken a lot of definitive like first steps obviously uh the carrying cross one ended the show and that was definitely needed because it's like okay cool we know a program that is going forward mm -hmm. and i think that my only issue with the gargano lee match is that storytelling wise like you say it's difficult to know where they're going are they going uh this feud is continuing and it's going to be maybe gargano uh bala and lee which i'm here for Ooh. or is it going to you know, is now that he's got that win over 
um, Lee, are they going to splinter off? Are we going to see dissension in the Garganans, which feels way too early to do that? Yeah. Uh, is uh, are we going to use this victory to get Candice, you know, to go after uh, Io Shirai? Because uh, I think that would be a really good use of Johnny as a sort of the hype man in the middle of the NXT women's feud. Mm. Uh, not quite sure where it's going, which I get, which you know maybe have patience because it's nxt they generally know what they're doing but like it was a the, my my only yeah major criticism with the show is we don't really get a strong idea of where some characters are going not all there was one really really good character moment uh, on this show one really good kind of like flag in the ground statement of like i am here uh but generally like i felt like it was a it was a post takeover NXT quite quiet in some respects. Yeah, and it's kind of I think one thing that NXT tends to do very well is move people on from the kind of you know uh, people move on from the feuds that they've had at takeover quite well usually and and obviously times have sort of dictated that people are staying in their pockets i don't know like people's social bubbles are just the people they're wrestling with clearly and so they just have to remain with uh continuing feuds that feel like i feel like a line's been drawn under keith lee and johnny gargano at, at takeover i don't think johnny has much more really to say in that in that feud so it feels weird to kind of keep it burning because maybe me, Yim and Candice have uh, something to settle. But then do they? Because me, Yim won the match again with Candice on the other team at TakeOver. So yeah, it, it just all feels a little bit silly. I know Candice and Mia brawled out of the ring. Yeah. So they took themselves out of the match essentially. So yeah, there, there's that notion that there's unfinished business, but yeah, she still technically has a win over over Candice. Um, so yeah, the other people that were getting a heat back, like you said, was Dakota Kai, who defeated Casey Catanzaro, who gets wheeled out to lose matches every so often. Good she's face, so, Casey. She's so small. I can so yeah. like she's amazing. What what an athlete! But mm. it it does look like someone's brought their their daughter to work. She's she's a, <laughs> she's a she's wee. And I, I like I because they 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 had like a few moments of. Um, uh, like she got, she got, she got a fire spot. One little kind of like hope spot in the middle of it there. And it was really, it really got people going as well. I, 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 I enjoyed that. I was like, yeah, this is wicked. And then people in the crowd, it, were it like, got, it got people going. It got the planted crowd who are being <laughs> instructed. I know they're being. I know they're being instructed. The barricade look, as loudly as possible. Look, they, they Listen aren't the always. Reaction. They aren't always making the right reaction. So I feel like at least if they've been knocked onto the right path, that. That's good enough. Like even <laughs> even if there is a producer holding a sign on the other thing saying "bang, bang," <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, um, like I don't get me wrong. It's it's better. It is better than silence. Oh um, yeah. But I feel like they maybe overused the bangs a bit too much. I hope that and it, this is not the thing for NXT. Well, look, the, the, yeah, that issue at the, at the walls exactly, and that issue. I think their issue is that they're trying to replicate what the full sale crowd do. And mm -hmm. I, I think this is the weird thing, right? I don't think wrestlers actually know how to react to wrestling in the same way a regular crowd does. This And this is kind of what I've been noticing from WWE and AEW. It's not like people aren't, ooh, and oh, when stuff's happening and like really popping off when near falls happen. Like there's sort of a language of being a wrestling crowd that wrestlers, I think, are just going, oh, yeah, that was really good, like in their heads. And they're going, <laughs> oh, say something. Uh, oh, you suck. 
they seem quite embarrassed at some points to chant like stuff like you deserve it like it's so it, like it's so sometimes so muted like yeah. drake maverick's out there being like no he does he does deserve it trying to g up the crowd and they're like you deserve yeah. it because like oh are my friends doing this this is embarrassing mm. yeah uh so yeah this this little this little match between dakota kai and casey i thought i had some really good back and forth action casey should be used more and they should have done something with her when she first joined um she was out injured for a bit um mm. and only really recently returned but i would have liked to have seen something made of casey cancer it feels really weird to get someone who's like got a lot of fame coming into nxt from you know from her time being ninja warrior um so it kind of feels like she's underutilized here and now they've literally just paired her up with uh caden carter as well mm. um who also was Ninja Warrior, uh, and they they were Team Ninja for a bit on sort of NXT house shows. So it seems like they just they're going with that now as the only thing. So I, it kind of feels like a bit of a dead end for Casey, probably. Um, but Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, I think, are a great teaming, and I feel like they're also in that weird sort of heels in the women's division. Don't go anywhere if they're not Shayna Baszler level heels. You know, they just sort of. They are there to put over baby face baby faces who will be championed for a month and then lose to the next monster heel that they've decided that there's going to be. Um, yeah. Kind of weird. Timothy Thatcher, though, was the next thing on the show after this. So <laughs> who that wants to... Thatch can rest. <laughs> I liked this. Uh, it, feels, it feels like... This feels like the comedy that... If, if you're going to do comedy with Timothy Thatcher, this feels like the comedy to do with him. Uh, I, I didn't think him and Matt Riddle were quite the brilliant pairing that him, that Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne were. Um, like I said, there's that twinkle in Pete's eye that says, I am just being a surly teenager kind of character rather than I actually am a legitimate hard man. And I think Thatcher felt like more of a genuine hard man. Uh, so, you know, maybe him saying Thatcher's Thatch can style is is a bit stupid, but I imagine it's going to just be him murdering folks from next week so that is absolutely fine that's going somewhere timothy thatcher's great uh if you've lost matt riddle he's a bloody brilliant replacement and then i'm hoping they i i you do you want him to be an imperium timothy thatcher mm. uh i i don't want to kind of just like lump all the people who are are matt technicians into the into the one stable um i, I kind of like where is uh, where is Wolf? Is he is he out? Because I know he got injured uh, back at Worlds Collide. Mm. Uh, is he still gone, or is he um, is he like in the UK? I think he's in Walter? the. I, th I think he's yeah. He's either in the UK or at home. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. Like, I I think I I don't. He doesn't strike me as someone who immediately comes out the gate with like Kurt Angle uh, comedy chops. But uh, I, I think that he does need a bit of personality. Uh, and I don't necessarily, yeah, like you said, I don't think the pairing with Riddle quite got that same because he was always in the shadow of Pete Dunne. Given his own thing to do, I, I hope, yeah, we get that charisma that makes Timothy Thatcher become a proper uh, like cornerstone of NXT because he definitely is talented enough. Mm. Speaking of future cornerstones of NXT, let's talk about Drake Maverick, who... Uh came out to congratulate Phantasma for his win uh, last week in the Cruiserweight Interim Championship Tournament doodad, whatever it was. Uh, Drake Maverick, I think, is 
going to have an amazing storyline coming out of this. I think Drake Maverick, uh, as much as I've sort of said it, I, I'm not I'm not overly convinced about the using somebody's real life horrible circumstances for the sake of storyline, especially when other people were still just going through that normally um, without the uh, light at the end of the tunnel of, well, maybe you get an NXT contract. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to have done. It made for a good story out of that context and it was played perfectly by Drake Maverick. And I think this payoff here is very good, except for the fact it's the most obvious reveal that I think NXT <laughs> has ever done. So what happens is Drake Maverick comes out to congratulate Fantasma, says we didn't get a chance to speak last week. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much for the amazing match. Uh, uh, you truly deserve to win the belt. I, I know that a lot of the spotlight was on me after the match because of what happened, but I just want to say that the spotlight should have been on you. Um, I've had a lot of my mind, as you can tell, for the past few months, but uh, I'd like to see what would happen if we had a match for that without that. Um, Brilliant promo. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, no, no kind of, don't have to do any, any gimmick, any silliness with it, just pure baby face. Mm. Um, everything made sense, uh, referenced the last match, um, gave us as the crowd an actual reason to oh yeah of course because yeah you you were a bit of a mess um and yeah it, oh this is a logical next step brilliant work by drake and i'm really glad that kind of it was it was it wasn't a full stop at the end of his story getting that contract uh from triple h which he didn't read again so mm. he's he's in, in he's, he could be in anything yeah. yeah yeah uh but he, <laughs> i'm glad that this they, they, they're just doing, they're continuing that story. And I thought this was a, a brilliant development. Um, mm -hmm. What happens? What happens next? What happens next? It was obvious. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I mean, all, we'd already seen him unmasked sense. in, <laughs> like, in his initial introduction package, we saw Phantasma, like, unmasked in a suit. Uh, yeah, it kind of removes some of the magic of, like, you know, there is still a bit of a reverence of luchadors unmasking themselves in wrestling. You know, it's still a very kind of significant symbol. Uh, and we'd already seen him without the mask on uh, wandering around. So, yeah, I just think it's a bit, it's it, it was a bit too obvious what was going to happen, but I still like it. Yeah, um, I think it's one of those things like, it, would you rather have NXT seems a bit obvious, but it makes sense and it feels generally kind of satisfying like oh okay all the points line up or would you rather have a main roster where they swerve you for the sake of unpredictability with something that actually doesn't line up at all because like yeah the seeds have been planted for this for ages like anyone with half a wrestling brain says okay he's he's the leader of these two mm -hmm. masked men uh, i do like the fact that the two masked men turned out to be the men who were kidnapped yeah, I thought that was that was a uh, fun because yeah, it turns out that Raul, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild, uh, they also unmasked themselves uh, along with the new Santos Escobar, uh, which is a fantastic name. He's Mexican, so he has to have <laughs> <laughs> he has to have a Latin name that uh, people know as a bad name. Escobar. You, you guys remember Escobar, right? But you uh, do. So they are uh, they are a new uh, stable. Uh, I think I think they're great. Like I'm actually glad that he's not doing the full King Cuerno uh, thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that like NXT is giving him his own uh, personality. Uh, I for me like, this is my favorite segment in in this episode of NXT uh, because yeah, predictable but a bold step forward. Uh, both characters come out uh, 
like both Drake and uh, now Santos Escobar come out with stuff to do. I'm excited mm. to see the match. Uh, I think it's going to be a brilliant, like stable, like it's going to do wonders for Mendoza and Wild. Yeah, uh, I think they, really... they were completely uh, directionless for so long. Mm. Yeah, I, I really like this. I loved the the. I, I liked. I really. I enjoyed the imagery of him taking the mask off, like while he's sort of got his his feet round Drake's neck, and he says, "I'm Santos Escobar. I'm the cruiserweight champion." And then Mendoza and Wild leap in with splashes, and he sort of snaps the neck as well mm. with his. He did the sort of foot snap. That was really cool. And they stand over the down Drake Maverick. It is exactly what you want to do. I think it, it's a brilliant little spot because it um, not only positions Escobar's uh, cartel, I guess we'll call it for now, like because he's an Escobar. Uh, it positions... Oh, they're going to be called that, aren't they? They're going to yeah. be called the cartel. Yeah, so it's going to position those guys. It positions those guys really strongly. It makes it gives you a story to to run with in the cruiserweight division. Uh, I think that can control the cruiserweight division in a really clever way. Um, it also just Drake Maverick has just had like the highest point of his career, I think, coming out of an, one of his low points, and he's been kicked right back down to the low point again. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they wrote him out injured for two weeks or something with this. They should, and and they should. I think they should build this up for as long as possible for Drake getting back into a cruiserweight championship opportunity against Escobar. They shouldn't. They shouldn't expedite this. They should really draw this out. Drake should be an underdog for a good couple of months here and slowly build into that Cruiserweight Championship match, stack the deck against him as much as possible and then pay off in a massive way at TakeOver. And that then is he wins it. And then Jordan Devlin immediately comes back. Exactly. This is, this is, but this is the best use of Drake. Drake. Drake having the belt is nowhere near as interesting as Drake chasing the belt. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's, he's great. And it, it's the same. It's that Rey Mysterio logic, right? You know, Rey Mysterio as champion just isn't worth as much as Rey Mysterio on the chase. And I think Drake has that same, you know, the same vibe of being like, even in a, even in the sort of like the smaller man's division, he's the small man in the small man's division. And they've they've even escalated it by being like the guy on top has lackeys, and you know he's he's kind of in control because there's, there's he's got two other masked guys at least. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting. I love it. It's the it's a, it's the crucial like foundational underpinning of wrestling. Like the heel controls for the vast majority, like in matches and in feuds, heel controls brief bursts of babyface triumphs. Like a long run. Like sometimes it works. Like I'm enjoying uh, Drew McIntyre's run, but generally speaking, babyfaces yeah aren't as interesting when they're champions. So they get beaten again quickly and then you have long heel championship runs build up that chase big explosion of victory and then bring another heel in uh and i think yeah uh, i'm really excited to see basically yeah the cartel controlling the cruiserweight division uh it, it makes me really like it, it suddenly gives a really nice snapshot of the division as a whole which i uh, a little which is why i kind of feel like it's a little bit murky in other places like NX, like the, the best segments are the ones that give you an idea of yeah, the story, the division, like right now, NXT championship is Karen cross and Adam Cole. Great. And what is that going to look like when Karen cross controls that championship? Uh, NXT, uh, the cruiserweight. Oh, okay. So we now have a, a, like a hierarchy now it's brilliant. And we, we understand it. 
my only problem is that yeah with io shirai's uh, shirai's victory um i'm not entirely sure who her next challenge is is it candace uh, is it charlotte again uh and same with the north american like is it is it gargano is it bala what's going on there and i understand that sometimes you know be patient and mystery is mm. uh, you know unfurl but the strongest segments are ones that give you a clear idea of okay here's what's happening next get excited well yeah and i mean that the, they make you want to tune in again that's the that's the point of weekly television is that you 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 sow enough seeds you leave enough threads dangling that people want to see what's at the end of them um and you know i think i think this this week's episode of nxt did a pretty good job of giving you a couple of really punchy cliffhangers to leave you with i think the escobar stuff i think the carrying cross stuff that's going to have me tuning in next week i mean it's my job to tune in next week but i will be <laughs> i would have been tuning in next week were i a punter um so yeah i i just wish there was a bit more direction elsewhere just because it feels like some of that other stuff is a bit muddled and I think specifically when people are just in the same kind of feud, it does feel very holding patterny to just, you know, we've had we've had every combination of Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano that you could possibly imagine, except a handicap match with Johnny and Candice versus just Keith on his own. Like that that we've we've kind of I feel like in, in a very short space of time we've exhausted that. Um so yeah i would like to see everyone sort of moved on from there there's a but couple then... of uh, there's a, there are a couple of segments where uh you can feel the plate spinning a little bit uh like robert stone uh approaching rhea oh, ripley and she just, bin. she just puts him in the bin um that's like... getting your heat back in a very but that's like a very at least a very short sharp way to get some heat back but uh, like I said, it does it. We're not sure. Like I'm actually interested in Robert Stone sort of seducing Rhea Ripley to the dark side. Uh, but like Rhea, like she put him in the bin, smirked, walk away. It's just like uh, I, I'd rather you just be pissed off and distraught rather than at this little kind of comedy stuff with Robert mm. Stone. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa just leaving the arena. Like I get it. Like you can't have everyone cut a promo and i think that's more interesting to kind of like see what's happening with champa next but he just he just vanishes there's no kind of like um like major progression there. he just disappears and then into share just kind of like mm. we're also around look how strong we are um but they are strong to be fair and this is the kind of vital work you need to do they make short work of I, I didn't even catch their name and I, I refused to go back. I, I don't think they were name checked. I just remember they had very, they had baby blue trunks. And that was, I was like, Uber baby faces. Yeah. They, were, they had, they were wearing like duck, duck egg blue. Uh, you know, they look, yeah, look at that. They They're, are not winners tights then. Yeah. Uh, I, something still just about the Indershare Bivens teaming. I don't get I don't they 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 were introduced kind of like I think with quite a large statement and then they've just faded into the background and and the tag division has gone in a completely different direction um and yeah they're just keeping them on sort of the back burner but not really doing anything with them I, I think they stand in a very like I think there's a there's a clash between the tag team and Bivins that doesn't really work you know at least um Paul I, I yeah, at least with Paul Ellering, like he was wearing a leather jacket as well. Like, you know, you know what I mean? I just. Whereas Malcolm Bivens is just. Yeah. Sort of... 
Yeah, exactly. I just there's just some there's just something about like there's not they're not a cohesive unit. Uh, Why is this nerd with these two monsters? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I just I just think you know even Robert Stone brand. I think Robert Stone and Chelsea Green were a great pairing in terms of look because they they kind of both function on that. We've got this faux high class better than you level that we're we're presenting here, and I I just think this 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 tag team and this pairing seems like it it doesn't have direction. Um, and I think squash matches tell you that it doesn't. Well, we'll give it, give it remember, time. Remember, we're here. It's PS5 revealed tonight, Adam. Is it? Mm, PlayStation 5 is being revealed at 9 p.m. this evening. Uh, I kind of thought it already had. I don't know. I, I get, I'm very, almost purposefully, I try to stay like a year or two behind the new generation stuff <laughs> just because i i'm not like the early early adopter guy uh i i prefer to kind of get the most out of last generation before moving on because we've got last of us part two coming out and that's all i care about mm-hmm. uh, i know that obviously that'll be done before ps5 comes out but i don't want to kind of get myself on the hype train just yet yeah mate, you've got so much like like last of us is next week next friday god it is and you've got ghost and you've got ghost of tsushima a month later in july cyberpunk when's that out because i think cyberpunk's been sort of delayed for a while there's also before playstation 5 comes out there's also marvel's avengers which is coming out in august i want to say or october i'm not entirely sure there's a lot of stuff still coming out before the end of the year just on your regular consoles and i imagine some of them will be cross-generational but yeah i'm interested to see what they do with the playstation 5 because I think Sony has all the power this generation because Microsoft messed it up so bad last mm. generation. And Microsoft have made some really good steps to recover their momentum. I think like Games Pass and stuff has really helped them out. Um, but you don't want to be the company giving away games for free in an attempt to be like, <laughs> please play our console. Um, and I think, yeah, everyone's sort of on tenterhooks to see what Sony's got. Because so far, they've only really showed the controller, which is quite space agey. Um, I'm quite excited for this. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I I didn't really play my PlayStation 4 anymore. I just played a Switch. I was going to say, like, who won the last generation? Was it PS4 or was it Switch? Yeah, I think I just I just think they're playing different games. It's not even the PlayStation 4. I think is the one of the best selling consoles of all time. It might be the second best selling console of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Switch I think is just transcends gaming as a sort of product anyway it's the switch has captured that same magic as the wii i think and people have one even though they're not like i'm not a hardcore gamer but i have a switch because i wanted to play one of these games or it's really good for taking here like yeah i I just think there's there's a different level that nintendo are on that, that sony's not competing in that same realm and that's why most games in sony's are like it's an open world you walk around, you can collect this thing. There's this thing here. It's Japan or somewhere else, somewhere in Europe. It's medieval times. It's the future. It doesn't matter. All the games are the same. Look at this impressive skybox. Can you get mm. there? No. Uh, it's like, I, yeah, like, I think that's the thing with AAA, like, general gaming. Like, I, I'm not seeing, and I, I know that's maybe because I'm keeping myself purposely in the dark because I don't want to get kind of too ahead of myself i don't want to be too excited about it uh because i've bought into hype trades before um i don't see really what ps5 is 
gonna do uh which kind of ps4 has it like i get graphics and draw distance and stuff <laughs> like and stuff like that but i i don't know what the innovations are uh you know like it's it, this we're not looking at the jump from vhs to dvd here no. uh if anything you're looking at the jump from dvd to blu-ray which is negligible um i i like i maybe there's like game streaming is going to be the big thing but like that leaves me cold like what is like from because obviously you're you're much more of a dork than i am uh what is the uh what is the ps5 uh, a man who owns a hundred board games <laughs> yeah the social <laughs> hobby thank yeah. you they all require friends coming over to my house not just sitting uh, on on the internet oh I, how's, that, how's, how's that and how's that how's that how's that working out for you now <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh, i, I can still do mine um <laughs> the my solo, solo hobby um yeah i guess I, I don't know what the big thing is i think i think streaming will be the one that everyone wants to talk about because um i think these packages like xbox games pass where you pay a monthly fee and you get access to a library of games is going to become infinitely more popular this generation. Um, but I don't know whether that's a, I don't actually know whether that's a sustainable model for just making games in general. Like, mm. you know, Especially the game, AAA ones. Yeah, the games have become outlandishly expensive to make. You know, they, game production killed double A games, games that were made at sort of a mid tier budget because. It's, you just don't ever get the returns on that mid-level budget. You only either go full whack and risk your entire studio on whether that game's a success, which is what everyone is doing, apparently, or you're a tiny indie studio and you make it in your free time and somehow you make a million pounds. Like, you know, that that seems to be the other way of things. Or you make nothing, I guess, but it, it costs you, you. Your studio doesn't fall because it's just you. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, I, I feel like streaming services should be the thing. That are going to that are going to be the future, but how that makes money in a world that doesn't really work on commission in the same way that something like a Netflix does, where they can just go, "Well, we commission a show, and we're going to fund you the making of the show." Like, I don't think someone like Sony would be able to fund the creation of all games in that same sense. You know, mm. Sony could fund the creation of games for its studios and put them on its streaming service in the same way that Xbox is doing with Games Pass, but you come a cropper when you're talking to EA or Ubisoft or these other people because how much money do they expect from a, from you know the platform when they're the publisher to kind of produce those games i it's a very difficult situation to sort of wrap your head around but yeah i think as google have tried to prove with stadia like everyone thinks that streaming is the future because the removing the barriers to entry for games is what people want um and barriers for entries apparently involve discs and loading things. So <laughs> the best thing to do is stream it. Um, but then the barrier for entry becomes who's got the best internet connection, which is, as we've seen from trying to film things from home <laughs> as members of the WrestleTalk team, at least five of us don't have good internet. So is, there is such know. a clear hierarchy in internet in, in WrestleTalk. There's literally like Andy, Andy's partner downloading uh, something off Steam was enough to cripple his Quizlemania <laughs> performance. Oh my God. Who has the worst? Who has the worst internet in, in WrestleTalk, do you think? I think, I don't, well, I don't know. I think Luke, but that might have been Luke's machine more than mm. his, his internet. So I think Luke or Andy. I think it might be Andy. Yeah. yeah. Pete's, Pete's isn't great either, but, uh, you know, it's more reliable than 
the Datsun. Mm. Well, we've taken we've given the guys an absolute ribbing over their internet, so I think it's probably time <laughs> to wrap up this podcast. Um, you're going to get the uh, magazine show tomorrow, which I think is me and Luke. You're going to get the uh, SmackDown podcast on Saturday with Pete and Andy. There will also be backlash this weekend, and you can go watch our uh, predictions for on over on Wrestle Talk's YouTube channel and see who might come out on top there. We'll have the uh, full review of that going live on Monday, which I think is me, Ollie, and Luke in a triple header. Um, and then, obviously, we go back to normal for the rest of the week with Raw, etc. et al. going forward. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.